The real estate markets across the country have been the big stories this year. Here in Toronto and our surrounding areas, we've seen prices increase over the past year by as much as 40%. We all said the way prices were increasing just wasn't sustainable. And it looks like we might finally be seeing a cool down. So why is this happening? Is it buyer fatigue? Are people now priced out of the market? Or is it the new mortgage restrictions? I'm Desmond Brown, and welcome to Sold in the Six. Steve Tabrizi is the Chief Operating Officer of my company, Remax Hallmark. But to me, he's also our own in-house economist. And in my opinion, he analyzes the market as well as or better than anyone in our industry. Steve, welcome back to Sold in the Six. Good morning, Desmond. Thank you again for inviting me. It's my pleasure uh, to be with you this morning. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here again, Steve. Now, the last time you joined me on this podcast earlier this year, I asked you to look into your crystal ball and tell us what we could expect in 2021. And a lot of it has come true. So let's go over some of those factors that contributed to the wild year we've been having so far in real estate. Yeah, uh, indeed, uh, a lot of it that what we predicted collectively, it came true. So main factors, main, like two biggest factor in our last episode, we talk about the vaccine rollout. Yeah. So provincial and federal government has done a tremendous job in terms of the vaccine rollout. In fact, Canada was announced about a week ago as a number one country in the world in terms of the participation of the vaccine rollout, yeah. uh, partial dose, or they call it first dose, or fully vaccinated, about 76% of the Canadian partially vaccine, yeah. and almost about 35% fully vaccine. That vaccination rollout uh, infused the confidence among the consumers, plus, of course, the interest rate, that other big factor, the money is cheap. And thirdly, the employment uh, is regaining its momentum and those are the three main important uh, factors that really boosted the first six months of the 2021. Yeah, it sure did. And the, our employment rate is 9.6%. And I think it was, what What did you say in our meeting earlier this week? It was like 5% compared to last year. So that's pretty good considering what we've been through, through all these COVID shutdowns and so on. Yeah, prior to the COVID, unemployment in Canada was about five and a half. And then we went all the way to 17% and kept drop. As soon as the government stimulus was announced in the first three to six months of the COVID, so it dropped to about 11. And now it's basically dropping close to about, with the recent reopening of the economy, phase two, which we are in it as of uh, last uh, Wednesday, and also hopefully within the two weeks going to the phase three, uh, we should expect that the... Uh, unemployment rate probably drop around eight percent. So if you subtract the eight from the five and a half, so having almost about two and a half percent unemployed increase, which is mostly in the hospitality and service industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm conf- yeah, I'm confident by the end of this year we should be probably back around six and a half, which is phenomenal, uh, really retraction and gaining the momentum. Yeah, sure. Wow, it really has been phenomenal. Now, some of the other things that came with these factors, excuse me, was um, the growth of uh, household net worth and more disposable income. Yeah, well, so uh, very simple analogy. 
for 15, 17 months, all of us, we were basically didn't have the options to go shopping, didn't have option to travel, didn't have option to go have some social gathering or entertainment. Automatically, we were basically going to work mostly virtually. So the traveling costs, the gas consumption costs, many people even elected to uh, freeze their car insurance if they had multiple cars at home. So we gained a momentum in a, a household disposable income. We almost had anywhere between 9 to 15%, depending on the which part of the country or province you are, we gained that. And now that saving actually contributed to the people to more focus on real estate. And it will be also those saving will really rebound the economy uh, while it's reopening right now at this stage of two and three. Yeah. And we have seen it in real estate. Like I said, people started nesting. They wanted bigger houses. They wanted work at home spaces, uh, swimming pools, which were like no way we could sell them before uh, houses before with swimming pools. Swimming pools became huge attractions for people. And as as we mentioned and what, what we've been seeing over the last six months is like a booming real estate market that not just in Toronto, but all through Ontario and the rest of the country as well. It is It is interesting what COVID really did for the country overall. Of course, Ontario, Toronto was really the center of universe. Mm -hmm. uh, everything was happening around the Toronto or Vancouver or Montreal. But COVID really caused the spread of the wealth um, to other cities. So it's actually created more urban center, such as Ottawa, such as London, uh, such as even the suburb of the Toronto, Durham region, Peel region, really a lot of people, they realize uh, the opportunity of the expanding their search for homes in that area, which caused the increase of the value of those properties in those area. Uh, and some people might, ar might argue, yes, the Toronto is becoming uh, unaffordable. It is true, uh, but the beauty is right now is uh, the entire wealth is not focused and concentrated only in Toronto. It's literally gone through the GTA and the cities that have a close proximity to Toronto, which I love it. Uh, so some, some cities now, they are on the map uh, of uh, choices for public, which indirectly down the road, probably about five or 10 years from now, you will see the growth of the employment and businesses in those hubs because by default, uh, there will be investment happen over there because now consumers are living there. Because they're there. Yeah, exactly. So let's go over some of these prices. And, and um, just to let everybody know, um, earlier this week, Steve released his uh, half-year report to us at Remax Hallmark. And I took a lot of notes and it was just so fantastic like all of the of all of the way you broke everything down to all of these all of these different markets around uh ontario so when we take a look at toronto and uh let me just check my notes from what you had said to me here so toronto the average price in toronto now is 1.6 million dollars and that's an increase of 16 percent um compared to the same time last year for condos, uh, the average price is seven hundred and eight thousand, and it's more steady. Uh, it, was, it was a more steady increase, only two percent compared to this time last year. But some of the astounding numbers that really stood out for me were our surrounding areas um, in the GTA, such as the Durham region, where the price of an average or the average price of a home in the Durham region, and that's Pickering, Ajax, Oshawa, 
Bowmanville, um, increased by 38%, and it's now 939,000. So for people who are thinking that they could leave and go to a smaller community and uh, cash in their house in Toronto and have a lot of money to spend as extra, uh, it's not happening, eh, Steve? Well, it did happen. You got to remember in any, perhaps call it crisis or a shift of the market, there is a small window of opportunity. People who made the move at the earliest stage of the pandemic, definitely they benefited because obviously Toronto, it is expensive market. So, but even right now, if you compare it, if you sell a house in Toronto and move to Durham, still you're benefiting. Still, you sell a bungalow, let's say in Toronto, and by average anywhere in about a $1.5 million, $1.23 million, you can buy a nice detached home in Durham for about a 900 or a million. So you are still benefiting, but that gap is closer and closer. And the reason those market, they had a higher increase than Toronto, because there was a flood of buyers, particularly the millennial, those that they are really in the stage of the creation of their family under 40 years old with a good job, professional job, they realized finally, after many, many years, they realized before it gets too late, I better pull the trigger. Yeah. And the trigger had a one important factor to it, the interest rate. The interest rate is historically, it's probably the cheapest rate that we ever seen in our market. When you can get an average five years mortgage for 1.5 or 1.3, depend on which financial institution that you are negotiating. So a lot of these younger generation, they said, okay, I better lock myself for the next five or some even longer term. Why? Because that was the only opportunity that they could see that they can basically be or entering in the real estate market and home ownership market. Mm -hmm. So we will see probably in the next while uh, a little bit of the reverse movement. Once the gap from the suburb to the Toronto get closer, then you will see a balance of the market all over the place. Whether you're a first-time buyer, second-time buyer, or third-time buyer, the first thing you should do is get pre-qualified for a mortgage so you know exactly how much you're going to be able to spend. I recommend you get pre-qualified by Jason Georgopoulos of Dominion Lending. Jason will get you the best rates and the best terms. You can reach Jason at jasong at dominionlending.ca. Um, let's take a look at the York region, which is north of Toronto, Markham, Unionville, Richmond Hill, where uh, prices went up 28% uh, compared to the same time last year. And the average price of a home in York region um, is 1.4 million. Condos, actually the condo market went up by 12% up in the York region to uh, $670,000. Um, interesting. Again, like you say, that ripple effect from the people in Toronto and the regions around Toronto really benefiting from uh, higher prices. Yeah, it does. Uh, and York region, why condo market in York region really had a good momentum. Uh, one of the biggest announcements that happened recently is finally the provincial and a federal government announced $12 billion expansion of the subway from the Young and Finch all the way to the Young and Highway 7. Mm -hmm. There was a tremendous investment also by York Region in terms of the, uh, the bus uh, route uh, directly on Younger Street. Uh, and uh, all those investment of the transportation has made all these suburb regions such as 
uh, York and Durham more attractive to the people because it makes it easier for them to commute and get to the workplace, which majority of the workplace are still in Toronto. So York region really was hard hit uh, sometimes in uh, early 2018 because of the stress test, but uh, really regained its momentum yeah. and the proximity. So, and there are great communities. Uh, you easy can travel uh, uh, now from Richmond Hill and Aurora to the Young and Finch subway station, uh, probably in 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And then from there you go downtown. And now within the next three, four or five years, once that subway line is open, then uh, you will see a major uh, attraction for that region too. And the same thing in Vaughan, Vaughan benefited about it just before the COVID, the opening of their subway station at the Highway 7 in Jane. So which made it a lot easier for people for that region going down uh, there. Yeah. So, and then you got also the artery of the 407, which now really has been there for many, many years. But I think finally consumers are getting used to it, to use it, although it's a toll highway, but it's really comfortable. You can go east and west very fast, and at least you connect yourself, maybe even if the subway of the Young and Highway 7 is not open yet, but at least you can get yourself to the Jane and Highway 7, park your car there, and you're downtown from there. Yeah, sure. So a lot of people have been working from home over the last year, uh, but what do you anticipate? More of an hybrid, a hybrid model of... Um a couple of days at in, in the office, a couple of days at home, and still people wanting to have that easy accessibility to get to the downtown. Well, that's course. a that's a million dollar question. Uh, there was multiple survey was done in the industry prior, right at the earliest stage of the COVID. The perception was is oh amazing, I can work from home. Mm -hmm. But as we were locked down for many many months, psychologically it was proven that the humans, they really need that interactions. Yeah. Doesn't matter on a personal life or a professional life. Employers also uh, recognize and realize the performance and the productivity, it's gone down. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And thirdly, majority of the company, yes, you grab your laptop or computer, internet, you work from home, but many of the companies, they are really suffering from that productivity and lack of the proper connectivity and a communication among their staff and performance. Many companies prior to COVID, such as tech companies, such as Google, IBM, yeah. they had the proper infrastructure to uh, allow their people work from home and the accountability and performance system was in place. It is something that will evolve probably in the next five to 10 years, but I definitely see uh, a major request by employer and appetite by employees to go back to their workplaces. And if you even look at right now for the last probably three, four weeks, look at the traffic congestion along the 401, Dalmany oh, gosh, and 400. It's it's total madness. It's yeah. a total mad. Even during what was supposed to be the shutdown, I'm wondering why is everybody out? Because, because people now with the rollout of the vaccine, they feel safer. They're going back to work. Working from uh, unless you're forced because of this homeschooling, uh, closure of the school, a lot of people uh, doesn't want to go back to work. So I don't, I would see probably, that's the, that's a tricky part related to our industry. Many people made a reactionary decision that pick an area in real estate quite far from their 
employment. Yeah. And some of those people will soon realize if my employer doesn't give me an option of maybe three days from work, two days at home, uh, they may actually change their career. Or some of them, they basically will say, I can't do this anymore. Because we are talking about easy two and a half hours any given day going oh, back for and forth. sure. Yeah. yeah. And gosh, that's a lot of quality time out the window right there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's move a little bit further north to Simcoe County. Um, the communities up there uh, would be Barrie. Barrie, Innisfield, Tomsey, uh, Tottenham, north of Barrie, Aurelia. And right after the Aurelia is basically you enter to cottage country. Yeah. Okay. So this is like pretty well the gateway to cottage country. Prices went crazy there over the last year, a rise of 39% in those communities. Um, still $844,000 uh, is the average price, and uh, but a rise of 39% in prices compared to the year before. And our producer, Steve Kassar, who lives up in Barrie, will be happy to hear that because he left Toronto to move up there into Barrie. But um, we're, we're going to uh, see probably that sustain up there, the numbers uh, be, be sustained. Don't you think so? Yeah, very similar to Durham, the similar characteristic, the both they benefit the highway accessibility to Toronto. So up to Barry, you're fine. Really, if you go against the traffic, it's a 45 minutes uh, ride. Mm -hmm. uh, and the benefit basically was the affordability. And then if you go north, as soon as you pass the new market, the both side of the uh, 400 highway, the town of such as Innisfil, Tottenham, Angus, you will see massive, massive uh, rezoning of the agriculture land uh, and development. And that's where you see the future of the stuff that is going to happen. It's, it's growing. It's affordable at the moment. Uh, $800,000 home for a detach for a townhouse, $500,000 versus the same detach in Toronto, First of all, it can be brand new. If it's a brand new subdivision, you're probably easy looking at a 1.6. But if even if it's older, it's a 1.2, 1.3. So that makes a huge difference. That's a sacrifice that uh, the new homeowner, they do. Some people also chose the both Durham and Simcoe County as a downsizer. The baby boomer, they realize, okay, it's the best time for me to basically cash out. But I want to still be closer to Toronto. And some they went further north, which was basically completely moved to the cottage country. Uh, COVID also caused the prioritizing your lifestyle, really. Yeah, it sure. What did. do you want to do? Do you really want to be at a King Street 550 square feet condo for a million, for a $700,000? Or do you want to, you don't mind to go to Ajax for a nice townhouse by lake? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, which which is I think I think it was a good wake up call for everybody, and I hope I hope. Which sad story is, I think the human they tend to forget very fast once everything comes back to normal. Oh, but I do. hope people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope the people learn the lesson that basically making sure that the, what is really important in their life. Yeah, I think they I think they have. I think if anything, people have gone back more to family through all of this, and um, all we need now is like you said in, in communities um to the north and to the east and west uh the smaller communities for more 
uh, industry to be there. So they don't have to commute. And that's like you said, up in, in, in the Simcoe County area where there's just so much growth planned. Um, it may not be a bad place to be in the long term. Well, right now, many companies, including our company, uh, the industry is suffering for the, it's, it's interesting, the unemployment rate is about eight and, and eight and a half. But the problem right now in the industry is a massive stimulus package from the government, federal government, uh, which personally, I think very soon will stop and should stop. Uh, because now it's causing shortage of labor for co companies. This shortage of labor, once this stimulus package stops, is going to two things going to happen. Either people end up uh, moving again or traveling back and forth, coming to work, mm -hmm. or they decide to basically change their career, be close to the uh, vicinity of their homes. Or the third option, there will be a lot of companies probably uh, would consider maybe relocating the hub and the center of their operation yeah. to the towns and the communities that first of all is cheaper to lease it has a better quality of the employers to attract mm -hmm. and even the labor cost is cheaper because you obviously can attract somebody at the lower rate if they're close to their home versus if they have to travel two hours every day so we will see a major probably it won't happen in the next couple of years but we will see in the next five to 10 years, a complete replanning and re-strategies of the mega companies that are going to a different market than Toronto. Mm -hmm. And they probably keep their head office or their hub um, uh, here, just to so, sort of a, call it a leadership level, uh, but the operation can go to a lot of other cities. And we already have seen that Brampton, Ottawa, uh, uh, Durham, Amazon are those uh, centers oh, yeah, that they're moving to those smaller communities uh, because they can see they can get a better quality and attraction of the employees. Okay. Well, that's really, really encouraging. Okay. So now over the last 45 days, I know I felt it uh, out here in the field, but things are cooling off. Cooling off um, in a way, it's not drastic, but cooling it off in a way that we're seeing not as many showings on the listings that we have, um, not as many multiple offers, um, not as many sales. However, prices are hanging in there. And uh, for instance, in Toronto, our sales were down by 10% uh, between May and June, but the prices rose by 1%. And in Ottawa, um, prices were up another 2.2% and their sales were down by 9%. So Try, try to explain this all uh, to us right now. What's going on, do you think? Okay, so we go back to that phenomenon of the market opportunity. So there is no such a market that, for example, this fast train goes for an unlimited period of the time mm -hmm. and behaves the same. Keeps chugging along. Opportunity, yeah, opportun opportunity comes up and down. At the beginning of the pandemic, people who were really smart and believe in the sustainability and the fundamental of the market, they jump in and they took advantage of those opportunities that somebody was panicking and selling. And then when the market picked up, again, similar people uh, did either back and forth. And, and what, it, what the market caused, the market caused a set of expectation in the mind of the seller and in the mind of the buyer. Mm -hmm. So our sellers, for the last probably seven months, they said, 
that's the way I want it. I want 50 showings. I want 20 offers and I want 10% yeah. over the asking. And they're getting it. The buyers, <laughs> yeah, the, buyer, the buyers, they played the game. They played the game all the way, probably I would say to mid-April. Mid-April comes, of course, the media always play a role in the mind and creating a different perception among the consumers. Yeah. The media came out with, and also it was just the beginning of the announcement of the second uh, format of the stress test, that the market is going to crash, the market is crazy. And also it was at the beginning of the really feeling comfortable about the vaccine rollout. Mm -hmm. So 15 million of Ontarian, 34 millions of the Canadian, they were in prison for the last 17 months. Yeah. Now suddenly we tell them, look, you can go out, you can go to the patio, you can go to the cottage country, you can have barbecue at your backyard up to 10 people or whatever uh, the number is. So, and buyers are mentally are fatigued. They are really confused. I call this period of the time, period of the confusion. And after the confusion, there will be a period called acceptance. Right now, the sellers is saying, Desmond, you know what? Why I don't have 50 showings? Why I have 35 showings? Why I have five offers, not 10 offers? So it will get to a point that your seller, they realize, okay, the market has shifted. But we have an obligation to explain that the market hasn't shifted or deteriorated. T number of the transaction dropped, but the price hasn't dropped. The inventory hasn't increased. So we have a tremendous buyers sitting behind the fence and just saying, okay, let me watch, see if the market goes down or something. The market won't go down. We, I can assure you, the minute... We go to the phase three. The minute for the next 90 days, we get this out of our body, going out, shopping, maybe book our vacation for winter time. So we go back to the some sort of a mental normalcy mm -hmm. of the before COVID. And then the minute the borders and the flood of the immigration opens up here, if you think the market is expensive now, good luck watching the market probably in fall and early spring of the next year. Yeah, it's going to be total uh, robust, uh, very uh, strong market. And uh, uh, the interest rate, the federal government has no choice to keep it low, but we will reach next year to a point that the federal government basically needs to control and the balance of the inflation. The money is cheap. The suppliers are asking you for ridiculous amount of the fees and the goods and services. So the government got to create that balance. And then, but that balance never going to push the real estate market to the buyer market, at least for the next three to five years. Yeah. And I guess we could see that from the stats the, where the prices have gone up, you know, minimally, you know, one, 2%. Um, however, uh, you know, the number of sales are down. So you really do think that it has a lot to do with, you know, just um, a little bit of buyer confusion, buyer fatigue um, and buyers just saying, okay, look, we're just, yeah, the stress test, of course. And then just saying, you know what, let's just see what happens over the next little while. However, you know, there is a window of opportunity here for people who are buying. And it's not a matter of a window of opportunity to get something cheap, but it's a window of opportunity to get something, right? You're not, you're not going to be competing with your 10, 15 offers. I know um, there was one week, a couple of weeks ago, where I, I I took a look at the MLS and usually our offer days are Monday and Tuesday. 
And in my neighborhood, where I where I where, where I predominantly sell in the beaches, Riverdale, East York, and uh, and West Scarborough, there were twenty five uh, offer dates set for properties on a Monday and Tuesday. Twenty one of them didn't get offers. See, right? That's right? opportunity. Yeah, it is opportunity. People got to listen to uh, advice of professionals such as yourself that you get those opportunities maybe a month or two months top. Uh, so, and they better jump at it because uh, do you rather put an offer on those 21 properties, even if you get it at full price or maybe if you get it $50,000 over asking price, or do you rather be in a market that you end up paying few hundred thousand dollars over asking mm -hmm. price. Yeah. So I know you just mentioned that, you know, once, you know, the borders are opened up again and the immigration uh, continues and things just turn to or go back to that sense of normalcy that we had before, um, you feel the next six months is going to be nuts. So economy. Our real estate is purely dependent on economy and the economy in any country is drive by the employment. Mm -hmm. If people are making money, they can put a good food on the table and they can make their payments of their obligation. Mentally, they are healthy and they are safe. They basically feel good about the economy. So we have 9 to 15% disposable cash that we're going to throw it in the market. We, my wife was telling me the other day, I said, so what are you going to do when the malls open? And jokingly, she tells me, oh, I just want to go walk in the mall. I look at her. I said, really, seriously, walk the mall? I bet you you're going to go crazy and just go shopping. So that's a natural human behavior. We, they got something away from us. So when consumers spend the money in the economy, food, travel, shopping, concert, you name it. So that will boost the economy and activity and lower the unemployment. So... Mm -hmm. And then look at the rental market. Last year, the condo market rental really dipped, dropped almost about 15% the rental. In terms yeah, of the rental. Did. Now we are back and we are actually gaining the momentum and the multiple offer on rentals is happening right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we got about 132,000 uh, foreign students that they used to study virtual. They're all going to come back. We got about... 350,000, 400,000 immigrants that almost half of them, they settle in Ontario. They're going to come back. Even if they enter a rental market, then there will be a push for investor to buy the rental property. Those rental in a year or two, they want to become the first time home buyer. Mm -hmm. So that's a basically the pattern. When this train going to stop, this train will not going to stop, but this train will become a very steady speed and it will have its own course of the market in terms of basically being healthy and maybe from a seller market we go to the balanced market when we uh, have we a, would love a balanced market yeah, when we have it when we have a still two and a half months of inventory or three months anything below four months of inventory is a seller market when we go to the four to six months that we call it balance I would say probably end of the next year and a beginning of the 2023. Mm -hmm. And that is a good thing, especially for people who are saying, you know, my house is too small. 
and I want to buy something a little bit bigger. Like back in the old days, we used to be able to fulfill those needs for people. Now we can't even do that. Now we hope that something comes up for the people who want to to upgrade. And uh, that's a little bit frustrating. I have like a whole list of people that would just love to buy something else, sell what they have now and buy something else. But we don't have the supply. And you talked about that supply and demand factor um, in yeah. our meeting this the, week. Uh, the biggest issue that this province or uh, has, and unfortunately it was a lack of the planning, is the proper supply and proper transportation. Suddenly we have 38% increase in a suburb, which should have been naturally very similar, maybe 10%, 15% less than the Toronto for the last 10 years, because uh, everybody was really complaining about the transportation. Uh, now it just basically forced them to go to that area and buy in that area. And if we don't address our supply uh, issue uh, by having less red tape, uh, less regulation, making sure that we have the product fast available when the developer buy properties and they want to develop it shouldn't take about three to four years should take maybe 12 months to start digging the ground um, uh, it, it won't solve this problem i said this about 10 years ago and people didn't like my comment i said i'm sorry to say it but toronto is not the place for everyone mm -hmm. it, it's it's a it's a maybe a harsh comment and a lot of People don't like to hear it, but I'm sure you and I, we would love to live in New York on a, a Broadway and a Fifth Avenue, but uh, it's not for everyone. Everyone cannot afford it. Everyone can't afford it. And there are a lot of people who are living here that have had enough of it and yeah. want to move out as yeah. well. They want to move out as well. And it's beautiful. Look at the, Ottawa. We didn't talk uh, much about Ottawa. Ottawa really in the last five years discovered its own unique characteristics. People who move to Ottawa, they're not going back and forth to Toronto. They love it. Great employment, great school, great hospital health system. And people say, you know what? I had it from Toronto. I'm going to Ottawa. And it's yeah. a great choice. My son's one of them. He lives there now. There we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And prices in Ottawa compared to this time last year up by 35%. Right? So people are discovering it. Okay. So Steve, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Um, you pretty well said it all that the market is a little bit cool right now, just cool, but, but more of an opportunity for people who want to buy and that we don't see an end to, you know, the boisterous markets that we've had over the last couple of years. People have to pay attention to this when they said the activity is down and the worst comparison that we do, which I talk in my report, you cannot say. Oh, the activity in month of June versus May is down by 10%. Let's take a look at the last six months or 12 months and compare it to the same period last year as sort of a six to 12 months. Yeah. And then you will see the activity is up, the price is up. So another, the last comment that I would say, so imagine we went crazy with the prices by 25% up. Let's assume hypothetically, even we lose 10% of our value we are still in a positive 15%. Yeah. So real estate, historically, in the last 50 years, you've been around Desmond for many, many years. So you know it's gone average 7 to 10% up. And where can you find the best investment that you have 7 to 10% solid appreciation every year? Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't see anywhere. Else. Exactly. That's and it is real estate. 
play the long game and you always win in real estate. Hold it, hold it, don't sell it. Hold it as much as you can. Yeah, that's great, Steve. Steve, thank you so much for joining us again. We're gonna have you back again. I just love your analysis on the market. And like I said, there aren't many people in this industry who know it as well as you. So thank you very, very much for joining me again on Sold in the Six. Thank you, Desmond. Uh, appreciate it, always invite me and uh, um, enjoy our conversation. And that's our latest episode of Sold in the Six. And I'd like to thank my producers, Podcasts That Pop. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to Sold in the Six and you'll start receiving new episodes automatically. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. My handle is Des in the Six. That's six spelt with the number six, I-X, you know, the cool way. And I also have a website. Check that out. It's in the six realestate.com. If you have a story idea or just want to get in touch with me, feel free to email me at des at desmondbrown.ca. I'm Desmond Brown. Until next time. <laughs>